Hey everyone, here at the Endure It Podcast, our main focal point is to share our stories. We want to be real, authentic, honest, and encouraging. So many of us are facing hard challenges. Life is hard and it requires us to endure many difficulties. We desire to speak truth in the valley to point you towards the mountaintop. The most fulfilling and effective way to do that is to share scriptures from the Word of God. The Word of God is a living book. When you read the scriptures, they change you on the inside. They become alive in your soul. The Bible is called the living word. We read it and it comes alive. It meets us where we are. Hey everyone. Yes, um, this is not my bride, Rachel. That is uh, on today's encouragement episode. It is me, her husband, Zach. What I wanted to talk about a little bit on this encouragement episode is the fact that there are times, just like the Israelites, they had their Red Sea moment. They came and they come up to this big body of water being chased by some angry Egyptians and the Pharaoh. They're basically going, what are we doing? We're, we're going to die. So one of the things I kind of wanted to just kind of make a point about was that, you know, they get to this this body of water, this the Red Sea, and they look out and they're they're probably panicking. You know, they don't have enough time to build a boat, obviously, right? No no canoes or no uh, human chain to get across. Uh, there's there's no there's none of that. And so what you have is you have he, these Egyptians breathing down their neck. A God who is awesome, who's delivered them from Egypt with the plagues. He came in, rescued them, pulled them out. They've been led by fire. I mean, these Egyptians, they don't stand a chance against an all-powerful God. And so what I kind of wanted to point out was we all have our, our moments. And, you know, we God came through, right? So we look at that and go, well, see, you God is faithful. And that those are true statements. God is faithful in our lives and in in a lot of our moments in our lives, even when we're not. So the, I guess the the phrase is is God is faithful even when we are not faithful. Those Israelites, their faith at all seems like it just disappeared. They were scared, and rightfully so. But at the same time, have they not just seen the power of God on their behalf? And yet they still were frightened and questioned. And we find ourselves just like that. We're nothing we're nothing special. You know, it's not about us, it's always about God. But it is true, the statement is true, God is faithful, even when we are not faithful. And today that's kind of what we're gonna talk about. I'm gonna read out of the book of Daniel. And we're going to see the response of three Hebrew boys. And um, when I say boys, literally just young men, very young men, late teens, early 20s, just, but their response to opposition to a Red Sea moment, if you will, is unlike the Israelites as they're looking out at the Red Sea. Completely different, completely different outlook completely different way of of viewing the problem in front of them so if you will 
We're going to read out of Daniel chapter 3, verse 8 through verse 30. Therefore, at that time, certain Chaldeans came forward and maliciously accused the Jews. They declared to King Nebuchadnezzar, O king, live forever. You, O king, have made a decree that every man who hears the sound of the horn, pipe, the lyre, the trigon, harp, bagpipe, and every kind of music shall fall down and worship the golden image. And whoever does not fall down and worship shall be cast into a burning fiery furnace. There are certain Jews whom you have appointed over the affairs of the province of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. These men, O king, pay no attention to you. They do not serve your gods or worship the golden image that you have set up. Then Nebuchadnezzar in furious rage commanded that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego be brought. So they brought these men before the king. Nebuchadnezzar answered and said to them, Is it true, O Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you do not serve my gods or worship the golden image that I have set up? Now if you are ready, when you hear the sound of the horn, the pipe, the lyre, trigon, harp, bagpipe, and every kind of music, fall down and worship the image that I have made, well and good. But if you do not worship, you shall immediately be cast into a burning fiery furnace. And who is the God who will deliver you out of my hands? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. If this be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace. And he will deliver us out of your hand, O king. But if not, it be it known to you, O king, that we will not serve your gods, or worship the golden image that you have set up. Then Nebuchadnezzar was filled with fury, and the expression of his face was changed against Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He ordered the furnace heated seven times more than it usually than it was usually heated, and he ordered some of the mighty men of his army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and to cast them into the burning, fiery furnace. Then these men were bound in their cloaks, their tunics, their hats, and their other garments, and they were thrown into the burning, fiery furnace. Because the king's order was urgent and the furnace overheated, the flame of the fire killed those men who took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell bound into the burning fiery furnace. Then King Nebuchadnezzar was astonished and rose up in haste. He declared to his counselors, Did we not cast three men bound into the fire? They answered and said to the king, True, O king. He answered and said, But I see four men unbound, walking in the midst of the fire, and they are not hurt, and the appearance of the fourth is like a son of the gods. Then Nebuchadnezzar came near to the door of the burning fiery furnace. He declared, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the Most High God, come out and come here. Then Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came out from the fire. And the satraps, the prefects, the governors, and the king's counselors gathered together and saw that the fire had not had any power over the bodies of those men. The hair of their heads was not singed, their cloaks were not harmed, and no smell of fire had come upon them. Nebuchadnezzar answered and said, Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, 
who has sent his angel and delivered his servants, who trusted in him, and set aside the king's command, and yielded up their bodies rather than serve and worship any god except their own god. Therefore I make a decree. Any people, nation, or language that speaks anything against the god of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego shall be torn limb from limb, and their houses laid in ruins, for there is no other god who is able to rescue in this way. Then the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the province of Babylon. So there we have it. We have three Hebrew boys, Jews, who were told, a little bit of background, to worship this huge golden statue of Nebuchadnezzar and to worship him. It sounds kind of familiar, right? It sounds a little bit familiar like the things of today where we are told that we need to worship certain things or do certain things. It sounds like opposition has come in against them and and they don't know what to do. And, And maybe that opposition in our life, maybe it isn't the craziness that's happening in the world or maybe it's maybe it is just something simple maybe it is sickness maybe it's uh what we're seeing ravage lives right now but the point is is verse 16 and this whole thing that the point is that god gets the glory and he gets the worship no matter what no matter what they're facing. They're staring, these three Hebrew boys are staring in the face of death. They're literally watching their impending doom, their furnace, if you will, be heated and prepared for them to burn. They're, they're getting to watch this and, and, and be bound up. Um, so... In verse 16, I'm just going to reiterate it. It says, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king of Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. Wow. What boldness. If this be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace, and he will deliver us out of your hand, O king. And this is the best part. Verse 18. But if not, be it known to you, O king, that we will not serve your gods or worship the golden image that you have set up. Oh, what a different mindset that they had um, compared to those Israelites and, and coming out of Egypt. What a different mindset. In other words, um, in man terms, uh, bring it. Bring it. If, if this is the worst you can do, then bring it. And we, will, we will suffer. And we will suffer well. And we will die well. And we will worship our God in this form, in this, in this fashion. And so I'm kind of wanting to just touch on, on something. And there's, there's actually a note in my Bible. It says... Uh, But if not, you know, verse 18, but if not, there was no doubt in the three men's minds as to God's power to save them. Yet the way in which God would work out his plan for them in this situation was less clear. God's power is sometimes extended in dramatic ways to deliver his people, as when he parted the Red Sea for Israel on the way out of Egypt. 
At other times, that same power is withheld and his people are allowed to suffer. Either way, they would not bow down to Nebuchadnezzar's image. So that's a very powerful statement. One, you know, one of the, the clarification or one of the, the things that we can see about the Red Sea is that it looked bleak for them and they were scared, but God was faithful. And you see in this in this circumstance, you see their faith enacted. And it doesn't mean that, oh well, look, their God, you know, their faith was just so huge and so big that God just came down and swept them up. Because if that were the case, then you know, we just have to clarify this real quick. If that were the case, then every time we feel like we have faith, then God should move on our behalf. But God moves for his glory. So there's a moment. And, and, and these Hebrew boys understand that. That's why they say, But if not, be it known to you, O king, that we will not serve your gods or worship the golden image that you have set up. We won't. So there was an understanding that we could die. And you know what? It's okay. And so I just kind of want to bring some, bring some clarity. You know, the, on the last encouragement episode we God does move on our behalf and he is faithful when we aren't and those things are true but at the same time do we stand in the face of opposition and stare it down and say come on bring it because our God is bigger no matter what happens to us no matter what happens to us or somebody else Bring it, and sometimes that's hard. We can be we can be just like those Israelites and have fear. But my prayer is by the power of God's Holy Spirit or the Holy Spirit of God that that we would be bold, and that let that encourage you that we can stare and down the face of opposition, and we can say we will not bow. Hey, I'm having a rough time. Um, in my life, but I'm not going to bow to peer pressure. Uh, I'm not going to bow to the pressures of this world to, to try to make me deny God and worship the, the, the image of our, of our day, if you will. And so I hope this is an encouragement to you because what we see is we see that God is faithful even when we're not, but we also understand that even if God doesn't move like we want him to move, he is still worthy of our praise. He is still worthy of our obedience and a declaration that we stand firm with God. That's the, that's the biggest thing that we see nowadays, right? Is if, if God doesn't move how we want him to move, a lot of times we, we, we shout him down like, God, where were you? Hey, what's up? What's the deal? And the real reality is, is that God, God is faithful to, to one of the most beautiful things, and that's His glory. God is faithful to that. And so, is it not a glorious thing when we can have our moments of pure pain, um, rejection, and the things that we walk through in this life, and be able to stare that thing down in the face and say, even though... You hurt me, or even though this hurts, or even though I have all these pressures, even though I have this, I will stare you in the face and tell you that I will not 
bow to that pressure to give in, to, to give up. But I will press forward knowing that the mark, that the prize is not something that is for me. It is something that is for God. It is something for my Heavenly Father. Maybe we've given up on certain areas in our lives. Maybe we've given up on our relationships with Jesus. Maybe we've given up. Maybe we've, you know, uh, I hate this terminology, but maybe we've quote unquote, air quotes, backslidden a little bit. Um, And really what that means is maybe we're just not what we think we are with God. And it's okay to wrestle with God. I think there's a a beauty to the wrestling. um, But at the same time, we have to realize that those things, if we give in to those pressures, if we bow down to those things, we're basically saying, I give up. And that's the crazy part is God doesn't. God, God doesn't give up. We do. We throw in the towel because we think it's about us. That, see, that's the thing. And so I, I pray this is an encouragement that it's not. And that there's something so much bigger to press into. And then, and if you're facing an obstacle today, stare it in the face and let it know, hey, you don't have me. You never have me. God has me. My heavenly Father has me. You see, um, what I want to talk about or close with is this, and it's a reality. And I'm just going to bring a world issue into this, something we don't normally do, but it relates we have the Christian church has always found opposition throughout history. Our apostles faced it, right? So, I mean, if everything was going to work out the way we wanted it to work out, don't you think the apostles would be like, hey, I don't want to die. I don't want to be beheaded. I don't want to be hung on a cross. I don't want to be boiled. Uh, you know, I don't want those things. Uh, but those things happened. And so that's a reality, that a real reality that we have to to really pay attention to. It would be n- nice to say, hey, we don't experience hardship. We don't experience suffering. We don't experience trials. We don't experience these things. Um, but Jesus said we were going to. He said, you will have many tribulations. You will be hated. You will be persecuted because of me. So we need to understand that just like those Hebrew boys and just like our the apostles and just like our Lord Jesus Christ, we need to be able to stare in the, in the face of opposition and say, we're not going to yield. We're not going to bow. And so that brings me to this. Our apostles were persecuted, hunted down, killed. Many martyrs throughout the church history. And we have a world event right now going on with the persecuted church around the globe uh, and, and other places. And brothers and sisters, we have a persecuted church in Afghanistan. I'm praying for them. But I've heard some of the reports that come out of there where they say, even if they come and try to take our lives, we will not bow. We will not give in. We will stare down the opposition. We will stare it in the face and we will glorify our Heavenly Father. That's amazing. What a testimony to all of us. What an encouragement to all of us. Afraid? Oh yeah. But knowing who their God is, knowing how big he is, and knowing that in a, in a moment that there's a, there's, a, there's a thing that Paul says in the letter to the Philippians, I believe. He says, to live is Christ and to die is gain. 
that's what it is about. That's the encouragement. Whatever you're dealing with, whatever, whatever you're facing, to live as Christ and to die is gain. If you're if you're staring down a a, a sickness or a disease that says, "Hey, I'm coming to snuff out your life," that's fine. To live as Christ and to die is gain. In other words, what can you do to us? What can you do to us as Christians? And so. For those that are not in Christ, I would just encourage you to to seek God. Um, and if you have questions, leave, leave questions. Email us questions. Um, we would be happy to try to answer those questions. But I would say it like this. Don't be afraid. I know there's probably not a whole lot of that talk going on in our time. But don't be afraid. We have nothing to fear. But God himself. And so I just pray that that you would be encouraged by today's podcast. I know it's a little bit different, um, but just understand that God is faithful even when we're not faithful. And so my prayer is that we would learn to be like these these great men of faith. And we are. We are great men and women of faith as well. That we would be able to say, to live as Christ, to die as gain. And so just be in prayer for our, our the church and just be in prayer for the church in Afghanistan and the persecuted church in the world and just be in prayer for one another to lift each other up. If there's any prayer requests, I'd ask that you would also email those in um, to the podcast. I hope this encouraged you. 